Hello, everybody, and welcome back to At the Apex Formula One. My name is Christian, and today we are going to just go over a few things. Uh, and first of all, the big news is that the Imola Grand Prix has been canceled. Uh but on the website, it's been postponed, so I'm not sure at this point if it's just going to be off of the calendar or if they're going to move it to a different time. We shall see. But there has been a lot of flooding happening there, and uh, hopefully everybody is okay and it's not too bad. But uh, so far, they have made the decision to not go ahead with the weekend um, you know, Alpha Tauri's headquarters are pretty close to there. Uh, same thing with Ferrari. So, you know, hopefully everybody is okay and nothing too crazy happens. So race week has been canceled, uh, which is a shame because we were actually looking forward to a lot of things happening this weekend. Uh, mainly Mercedes is bringing their upgrades and it's I think it's going to be a make-or-break upgrade for Mercedes at this point. Uh, they were talking about new bodywork, new side pods, new front suspension even. Um, this is going to be a very interesting uh, upgrade change and see if they're going to get away from their concept that they've got going on right now uh, or if they're going to stick with it and try and make it better. Uh, we all know that Mercedes has not been as competitive as they should be, and we know it's a lot of aero and technical work going on with the car. Uh, they moved the driver forward in the car, so the, we, uh, the feel is really weird. Uh, Lewis Hamilton's been complaining about all that. So it was going to be a very interesting weekend to see how Mercedes uh, pens out in the race. But uh, I guess we're just going to end up having to wait until next race to see what's going to happen. Um, the other thing that they were going to do was Imola has always been a rain race re uh, since they brought it back. I believe every single race that we've had there, it's been in the wet. And last year, there everybody was complaining about how terrible the wet tires were. And uh, for this race, Pirelli was actually going to bring next year's wet tires to the race. Uh, and those tires are not supposed to be in a uh, tire heater, uh, the tire blankets. So I don't know how that's going to work out. That was another interesting bit of info that I wanted to to relay because that's I you know for a wet tire to not have a heat blanket on it and for it to work man that's a big big ask so hopefully we'll get to see those sometime this year too because after next year I believe that they want to just take out the tire blankets completely so Hopefully we get to see those in action and hopefully they actually work. I know that the wet tires were absolutely dreadful the past couple years. Uh, people are only running it for a lap. Uh, I remember last year uh, a couple people, I think it was Vettel and uh, Latifi who ran the wets and pitted the first lap just because they had to start on the full wets and then they switched to the inners and completely blew the doors off of anybody. 
And for Latifi to blow the doors off of people, that's, uh, you know, you can tell that was a terrible tire, uh, the full wet. So that was a good bit of, of uh, excitement that I was in for. The other thing that I was really excited for as well was to see this Checo Verstappen battle that's been going on. Uh, you know, Checo has been holding his own against Max, but uh, last last race in Miami, uh, you know, Max came back from, uh, what was it, ninth place or something like that and came to take the win uh, away from Checo. And uh, that really... You know, Max is a very hard-to-like driver, but damn, you cannot, you can't take away on how fast he is in the same equipment as Checo. Um, you know, I know Max gets a lot of backlash for his actions and his attitude, but man, that guy, uh, he uh, he's pretty ruthless and he's a very good driver. And I know Checo is a very good driver as well. And I'm interested to see how everything is going to unfold because they are not too far away from each other in points. And, you know, for Imla to be a wet race, uh, Checo is very good at races in the wet. And I was really, I was really curious to see how this weekend was going to pan out. If he was going to end up taking it to Max again, uh, or if Max was actually going to win. But uh, at this point, um, we've got what fourteen points in between Max and Sergio at the moment. Uh, so that's going to be really good because this might turn into a two thousand sixteen Rosberg Hamilton thing. Um, you know, if Max has one DNF and Checo wins, then he's going to be in the lead in the championship, and then Max is going to be on the back foot. But who knows how Red Bull is actually going to to deal with the situation? I know, you know, uh, Red Bull has a history of driver feuds, uh, and it's always fun to see how they pan out. And speaking of Red Bull, uh, moving on to AlphaTauri, I uh, I was really curious to see how Nick DeFries is going to end up this weekend. He has had an absolutely woeful start to his Formula One career. Um, there's I don't know what's going on with the kid. Um, you know he in Miami he. Uh, he ended up sliming into the back of Norris at the start in Azerbaijan. He ended up uh, DNFing in Australia. He ended up DNFing. Um, the kid is just not doing a very good job, and I don't know why. You know, he's a uh, champion in other race categories like Formula E, and he's experienced at what he does. Uh, he's a good driver, and I don't know if this is just like a lack of confidence or if the Alpha Tauri is just not a very good car to drive. <clears throat> is it a uh, Daniel Ricardo McLaren situation where he jumps into that car and it's so terrible that he just can't get a grasp on it? Uh, who knows? Uh, but I was really curious to see how he was going to end up this weekend. Uh, I think everybody saw, and if he didn't, then, uh, you know, Daniel Cardo was uh, getting a seat fitting for Alpha Tauri as well. 
Uh, all the rumors are saying that he is going to be replacing Nick DeVries uh, by the middle of the season. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, realistically, uh, last year, Daniel had a chance to actually sign for somebody this year. You know, Haas had availability. Williams had availability. There was all these, there was a, not all these teams, but a couple of teams that were willing to sign him, but he did not want to take a backmarker team, which is understandable. He is wanting to win. He almost won the championship in 2015 or 14, I believe. Uh, and the mentality is that if he's going to do it, he wants to do well in it and show people that McLaren was the problem, not him, and he wants to win. Uh, so would he really want to take the seat at AlphaTauri? Um, I don't think so. Because at this point, Max is Red Bull's golden boy. They're not going to get rid of him. And Checo is doing such a good job. Uh, I think Red Bull is just happy to have him uh, in the team and kind of do what he needs to do to get all the points as uh, Albon and Gasly were not able to do in that Red Bull. Um, and he's just doing a very solid job. So they're not going to get rid of Checo anytime soon. And who knows? Uh, you know, maybe Daniel is wanting to get back in AlphaTauri just because why would he want to go back in a Red Bull? The red, the reason that he left Red Bull was because he had a bunch of drama with Max. So does he actually want to be in a team with Max again? Probably not. But would he rather be on a team with Max or would he rather be on a backmarker team? That's basically what it boils down to in my mind. But either way, um, Daniel is a reserve driver for both teams. Uh, so who knows? Maybe they are going to put him into AlphaTauri uh, for the remainder of the season halfway through and uh, see where he's at from there and get rid of DeFreeze because I know DeFreeze wasn't AlphaTauri's first choice. I think it was Franz Toss's uh, choice, if I recall correctly. Uh, but now that Franz Toss is leaving, that's another news that happened. Um, he is getting out of there and he's getting replaced by Lauren Mecki, who is Ferrari's racing director. Uh, and if you don't know who that is, uh, that is the person who filled in for Mattia Bonato last year on the past few races or on the last few races. Uh, he was the guy with longer hair and glasses, uh, kind of doing all the, uh, uh, press conference stuff and everything for Mattia Bonato. But he's going to be the new team principal for AlphaTauri. And uh, Fred Stoss is finally retiring. I think he's in like his 60s or so. So he is pretty much ready to go. Um, at least I would be because he is... Uh, he needs to retire. <laughs> I don't know if you really want to be running a racing team at that age. But uh, I mean, he had a good run. He was one of the longest, uh, longest serving team principals as well. But 
anyway, coming back around to it, uh, Nick DeFries, he really needs to step his game up. Uh, I don't know if he'll be able to or not. We'll find out. That's I mean, I know that the kid's got talent to be able to do so. Uh, and also, last year's Monza run at Williams may have just skewed his uh, his out his look on how he drives. Uh, maybe it flattered him a little bit, but who knows? I mean, I'm really curious to see how that's going to end up and where Daniel is going to be in 24. Uh, he claims that he will be back on the grid in 2024, so we'll see. I'm. I really want to see Daniel back on the grid. Uh, he is one of the most likable drivers on the grid, and uh, it's going to be nice to see him back and to see him back doing well. Um, you know, I think we can all agree on that. The other thing that has come up, too, is that uh, Honda may be back in 2026 because they did sign up to be an engine supplier for the new regulations starting in 26. Uh, but there was nobody else that could really take the Honda name um, besides a couple teams. And since Red Bull is doing their own Red Bull powertrains with Ford, uh, they kind of moved on from Honda because they couldn't get a decisive answer from them about 2026. So Red Bull took it into their own hands. Uh, we had a couple teams that came up and said that they wanted Honda to to supply them engines. Uh, the one of the big ones was McLaren, which is actually kind of interesting because last time with uh, McLaren Honda in two thousand sixteen and seventeen and eighteen, man, that was uh, that was a very horrible. Horrible time for McLaren and Honda. Uh, they did not do very well. They had uh, Fernando Alonso call their engine a GP2 engine uh, in Japan in their home race. And it just, that left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Um, I don't know how McLaren is going to be able to get that relationship back up and running. Um I don't know if they're actually going to switch to Honda or not. The other one was Williams. I don't think that Williams is actually going to do that because they're being supplied by Mercedes right now, and Mercedes and Williams are kind of they're kind of on the same page for for uh, their team. Um, uh, you know that they're they're kind of a, a partner team is what I was trying to say, and. The other one was Aston Martin. Uh, that's going to be the very interesting one because if Aston Martin takes Honda, then a couple things there. Uh, Aston Martin has been supplied by Mercedes for their road cars and their Formula One cars. So for them to switch to Honda in their racing team, uh, that's going to be very interesting to see how all that goes. You know, uh, the Mercedes engine is actually pretty strong. Uh, their car isn't, but their str uh, their engine is. So I wonder if Aston Martin is trying to partner with Honda so that they can develop their car more and not have to rely on Mercedes uh, to supply the engine and gearbox and kind of work around that. 
that's going to be obviously their next big step as their as a breakout team into the top field. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. The issue is is that the Aston Martin has Fernando Alonso in the team right now, and uh, Honda is not very keen to have Fernando Alonso on their team. Um, just because of everything that happened in McLaren Honda years. So even when uh, uh, Fernando was in IndyCar, I was hearing that uh, he couldn't race Honda engines in IndyCar. He had to race other engines because he didn't, uh, Honda didn't want him to bear their name on his car. And that's quite a statement to make for a manufacturer uh, of any sort is that they don't want a driver driving their equipment. Um, so for them to try and uh, match up with Aston Martin uh, as Fernando is their top driver and a very successful driver so far this year with them, that's going to be very interesting to see how that works out. Um, maybe everything's been patched up and maybe everything is okay. Who knows? Uh, but get ready for some good old Fernando Alonso fireworks and, uh, we'll see how it pans out. And the last big thing that really happened, uh, everybody may or may not have heard, but, uh, Lauren Rossi, uh, the CEO for Alpine, uh, he was basically just slamming his team the past couple weeks saying that they're not doing good enough. Uh, Otmar Safnauer needs to do a better job. It's all on him. Um, and he's kind of got a point, but man, he came out on national media in France and slammed his own team, which is all French. So for him to put his own team down like that, that's, uh, Ooh, that's, uh, not a very, Yeah. I don't know how the team took to that. Probably not very well, but uh, that's that's gotta put a beat down on the team. Seriously, the morale must be pretty low after all that. And, you know, in in uh, Melbourne, Pierre took out Esteban, and they were on running for good points. Uh, so I mean, that's one thing. And then they had a couple. They had an engine issue in uh, Azerbaijan with. Uh, uh, Pierre, then he hit the wall twice. I mean, I get it. Uh, the team needs to improve and they need to get their stuff together and make it all happen. But, uh, nothing like that being said is going to help the team. Uh, honestly, that kind of puts into my mind how terrible of a leader he is. Uh, and that's, you know, just in my opinion, I don't think that if you're wanting to lead your team to victory, that you should have that kind of attitude. And honestly, what what that really shows me is that, you know, everybody was leaving Alpine and Renault, uh, and we saw like four or five people leave. We saw Alonzo leave. We saw uh, uh, Oscar leave. We saw Daniel leave. Uh, Alan Prost left the team as an advisor. Uh, and he criticized them as well. And now all the pieces are kind of coming together. Like that team, just the higher up is not working with the team and helping them out. The way I kind of see it is it's, it's like Ferrari times 10 worse because 
uh, Rossi is just coming in and saying all these things and kind of demanding stuff uh, for the team to do and make stuff happen. But then he's just in and out and just kind of demanding things to happen, but he's not there to make sure they happen and he's not overviewing everything. Um, sorry, that was a very confusing way of explaining it. Basically, he's not a full-time leader in there and he's just jumping in and out and making everything worse. Uh, I just don't think that he should be interfering with a team if he doesn't have any racing experience. I know he has an engineering background, but if you're not going to help the racing team in any way and you want them to succeed, just let them do what they need to do. Uh, Otmar Safnauer is a very capable team principal. They have very capable drivers. And I'm sure the team is working hard to make everything happen. Uh, and they don't need any distractions or any kind of negative comments on them to to help them out. Uh, they just They actually just need to get their heads down, make everything happen, and leave them alone. This is kind of what's happening at Ferrari, as I explained. And they just, they don't need it. I kind of want to see Alpine succeed because they are a little bit of a, a original team uh, from Renault. But, uh, man, Rossi is making it very hard for them. Um, yeah, I just, I'm curious to see how that's going to pan out as well because uh, at this point he's, um, he's saying that if they don't get fourth place, it's a failure, and they are a very long way from fourth place, and I am trying to see he's threatening consequences are going to happen, and I'm trying to see what kind of consequences would happen without people being fired. And if you just fire people, then, you know, the team's going to get worse and worse. Um, so we'll see if those are just empty threats or if he's actually going to start quote consequences uh implying consequences but uh yeah and on the last part of this podcast i wanted to give a shout out to tony uh tony's been a big listener and supporter of my channel hi tony thank you for everything and uh tony has submitted a question will the cars ever be on an equal playing field like nascar and be competitive between the lower and upper teams so F1 is an engineer development race more than an actual race on the track. Um, You know, they're both relevant, but uh, the engineering part of Formula One is what makes the cars faster. So as of right now, they're kind of on an equal playing field because they have the budget cap going. But it is who you have in place at the moment. So the team's that are the strongest at the moment have had people in their positions for a very long time and they gelled well and everything is going uh, smoothly for them. So let's take Red Bull, for instance. Adrian Newey's been there since the start and he knows how to develop a car. We see that Um, as opposed to Williams. Williams has been changing people around all the time trying to make every everything better uh but changing people around just sets your deadline back farther for development because 
when you bring somebody new in then they have to gel with the team and then they have to get integrated and it just takes up more time um and with the budget cap at the moment everything should be on a level playing field uh you know if Williams and Red Bull have the same budget, which actually that was a bad example because they don't. Let's say Haas because they finally just got to uh, be able to reach the budget cap and Red Bull is at the budget cap. Theoretically, if they have the same people and the same everything developing the car, they should be competitive together. But Red Bull has their team that's been working there forever and everything's happening for them. Uh, a great example for it is Aston Martin. You know, last year they finished se- uh, sixth or seventh in the championship. Um, pretty far down. And now they are running in third place or second place. And uh, they are doing very well. And they broke out and they broke free of the midfield. And now they're up in the front of the queue. And... It just shows that they can develop the car and make everything better. Uh, And if you have the right people in place, you can make everything happen. Um, Sorry, let's see here. Yeah, they are second. So they're in second place right now ahead of Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren, Alpine. So for them to be sixth place last year and they're second place this year, Um, it's definitely able to happen. People just need to get their stuff together to be able to make it happen. Um, you know, as we've said before, uh, the racing car is a sum of all of its parts. Uh, if you don't have everything working correctly on the car, it just won't work well. Um, and all these teams have multiple groups working on multiple different things. Uh, and if, you're not working together. It's just not going to happen. But uh, one of the things that I was kind of thinking uh, along this line, because with Red Bull running away with the season, uh, it's kind of it kind of shows that it's not fun when a team is just dominating. You know, we we're complaining about Mercedes dominating all those seven, eight years. And now we've got Red Bull doing it. And now we're complaining about Red Bull. Um, it, I wonder if a spec racing class would be a thing. Um, you know, I know that there has been a lot of suggestions of a spec car and everybody use the same car. Uh, but that, I I think that kind of takes away the fun of formula one being a development race as well. So I was kind of wondering if you can take a spec car and get it to the teams, and then they develop from that from race one. Uh, You lower the budget cap because they don't have to build a car. Uh, You just take whatever budget that they would have to build a car, and then somebody else builds a car. Um, You know, like Haas doesn't build their car. They have another company, Delara, who builds their car for them, and then they develop it from there. If Delara can make the car for everybody uh, or another team make a car for everybody uh, and then they just basically make a baseline and then everybody develops off of that one, I think that would be a very interesting concept. Um, 
But back to the question, honestly, I think it doesn't matter what we do in this in this uh, racing series. There's always going to be a team that goes beyond everybody else and dominates. Uh, since the beginning of time, it's kind of happened with them. Uh, you know, we had McLaren in the late 80s. We had Williams in the 90s. Uh, Ferrari in the 2000s. And we had Mercedes in the 2010s. Um, I don't think that anything that we do uh, rule-wise is going to change the fact that one team is always going to dominate the race. As much as I would love a five-way race to the title, that would be absolutely awesome. Uh, these teams have a great way of skirting around the rules and trying to make their own interpretations of the rules and coming up with a bunch of excuses to make their their ideas and innovations work. I don't think that anything is going to make this a level playing field for them as much as we can try. Uh, let me know what your guys' thoughts are. You can send them on to the email. Uh, the email is in the uh, profile. It is at the apexf1 at gmail.com. Uh, send in your questions and your comments, suggestions, and uh, we will we'll go through them and uh, hopefully I can answer some of them. But Anyway, this has been another episode. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you at the next Apex.